podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Good evening and welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we are previewing the Liverpool versus Southampton game this coming Saturday at Anfield. Joining me once again is Jay Riley. You can get Jay on the Radio City Fan Friday talk show at the Cop HQ on Twitter if you want to follow him on there and uh, regular with us on the Cop Table. So, how are you, Jay? Yeah, still, you know, obviously absolutely flying now after the, the victory that we had against West Ham and 19 points clear and, you know, you just can't see any way back now for any team trying to challenge Liverpool for this title and it's just inevitable now. We're just It's a case of when, not if, as I said on the previous podcast and, you know, things are great at the moment for Liverpool. Yeah, certainly. Uh, 19 points clear and everything's rosy at the moment, isn't it? And, and long may continue. But first of all, Jake, Obviously, we only recorded a few days ago. We're going to go back over the uh, the West Ham game. You got your prediction spot on again with a with a two nil on uh, two nil scoreline predicted on the last one, and you ha- had the previous podcast one as well. So that's two on the uh, the spin for you. Looking for your hat trick against uh, Southampton this week. But yeah, just um, give us your thoughts on the the performance against Southampton. Uh, sorry, against West Ham, uh, please, Jay. I thought, to be honest, it was, it was a little bit of a training exercise at times because it was it was basically attack against defence, wasn't it? And we know what David Moyes is all about. He's the type of manager where it, it's avoid defeat first, isn't it? Before you know, rather going out and trying to win a game of football. We've seen it for years when he was the Everton manager, and it sort of like crazily ended up getting him the Manchester United job because obviously he was mates with Ferguson and he wanted them there which was a bizarre appointment wasn't it because you know he was taking over a team that had been very successful and he wasn't a winner at all was he so it was just strange tactics really because not the way United have always played as a team either so we knew what we were going to get because his management style's never really changed he's always been that way Moyes so bit of a dinosaur isn't he and so you knew Liverpool were going to have a large part of you know possession in the game and it was all about being patient and trying to break them down and ideally we wanted an early goal but we didn't get an early goal but Liverpool were still in control. They just lacked a little bit of agency I thought in the first 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, but like I say, we were always in control and in the ascendancy we were always the most likely to open the score and you know, thankfully we did get a penalty which you know, it was it was silly defending really by West Ham. I mean, they were playing really deep and Liverpool pushed them back deep, didn't they really? Because you know, they couldn't get out at times and it was a bit embarrassing. I mean, I suppose we are flying high at the top of the table and West Ham are, are right down there in the relegation fodder really, aren't they? I think they're, they're just out of the relegation zone on goal difference or something like that. So, you know, it, it was basically top against bottom and 
you know, it, it really did show, didn't it? And thankfully, you know, the patience that we had to show. I mean, we got the penalty, didn't we? It was a foul on Divock Origi and Mo Salah stepped up and we were talking about this, weren't we, in, in our WhatsApp group chat about the fact that whenever Mo Salah steps up for penalties, you, you're not always 100% confident and it's weird because I don't know why. I think he scored nine on the spin now and it's quite a good record, isn't it? But he has missed a few for us in the past and I mean, I remember back to the Champions League final when he stepped up against Spurs in Madrid and I was like, oh God, hopefully he doesn't miss and obviously he rattled it home and, and uh, this was a fantastic penalty though, right in the bottom corner, no goalkeeper was saving it and you know, put Liverpool 1-0 up and deserved lead and hopefully, you know, we, we knew that it was going to lead to an avalanche of goals but it wasn't really the case but Liverpool were in control and we went in at half time, you know, as I say, three points were in the bag, there was no way West Ham were getting back into it for me but, you know, obviously a team always get, gets opportunities as the game goes on. If you don't get the second goal, that's always the fear. And you know, thankfully, Liverpool did get the second goal. And strangely enough, it was, it was you know, West Ham at the corner and Liverpool broke from the corner. And that's the thing, when a team has a, has a corner or a free kick, it's close to Liverpool's goal. That's when Liverpool are at the, at the most dangerous, really, when we can counter-attack on you. And so it proved, really, a most Salah, fantastic footwork and... A, a wonderful pass, really, into the path of Oxlade Chamberlain, who showed like a, a, a bit of pace, really, which I didn't realise that he still had. And, you know, he got past the last defender and cleaned through on goal and slotted it home fantastically well, very cool, and, you know, 2 0 game over. But West Ham did have a couple of opportunities towards the end, and Virgil van Dijk had to be brilliant on a, a couple of occasions, one in particular against Snodgrass, where he just basically shepherded them away from goal it was remarkable defending really he's just unbelievable isn't he at times Virgil van Dijk absolutely outstanding defender outstanding footballer and then we had that moment of madness didn't we where Declan Rice had a shot and Alison Becker just parried it back into play and since Alexander Arnold played a 1-2 with the post it was incredible really how what was going on there but you know, it's two ways of looking at it. I mean, it's very fortunate, but it was an absolutely terrible miss by Trent, wasn't it? So um, we got a, got away with one there. But as I say, the game fizzled out a little bit. Mo Salah rattled the post, didn't he, after that to make it 3-0. And you know, the game just fizzled out, really. And it was an easy three points for Liverpool. And, you know, 19 points clear now, marching towards this Premier League title. Yeah, and I've seen today, Jay, I think it was on, um, it was on Sky Sports, that Liverpool have now took... Possible ninety-seven points from a possible ninety-nine from a possible ninety-nine. Um, absolutely fantastic record. Just dropped two points in in all of them games. One draw against Manchester United. Now we've beaten every single Premier League, uh, yeah, Premier League team since the start of the season. Um, do you see? Us going unbeaten this season. Can you see Liverpool going throughout throughout these thirty-eight games now without defeat? What do you think of it? It's it's very possible, but I mean we've still got to go to the Etihad, and that's the only game we lost last season, wasn't it? And and ultimately we it cost us the title, didn't it? That game because City beat us by a point, and you know, this time around it won't be that severe, regardless of whether we we do lose to them or not. Because the fact of the matter is, Liverpool are going to win this this title. There's no doubt about that now, and. You know, you, you're looking at it and you analyse the fact that that is our hardest game left. And even if City do beat us, they're not going to stop us from winning the trophy. But obviously, they, 
they, they could be the team that stops Liverpool from becoming the second team to be in the Invincibles after what happens with, uh, with Arsenal. So I think that's the game we're all looking at. But there's 13 other games and you just never know. Sometimes you, you end up losing in a game that you don't expect to, you know, it, it it does happen and, and especially when it's Champions League game week as well because we all know notoriously over the years it's very difficult to play a high intensity Champions League game and then go and play your Premier League game at the weekend and Liverpool in the next round of the competition have got one of the hardest teams you could come up against for intensity levels in Atletico Madrid because then maybe not the team of old that got to the got to a couple of Champions League finals, but they've still got the manager Simeone and he still expects and demands a lot from his players and they're a very difficult team to beat still. He might not have the star-studded quality of years gone by, but they're still a difficult team to beat. I think they've only lost three games all season in La Liga. They've conceded hardly any goals, really. They just don't score many goals, so I'm fully expecting there to be a difficult tie and it's going to be two high-intensity games. So you've got to then look at the Premier League fixtures after them games and you know, you could come a cropper in, in them games, really. But, you know, you'd like to think this Liverpool team, as we showed against West Ham, it was, it, it was embarrassing at times. The levels, the standard of how far ahead we are of some of these teams that are in the Premier League. I mean, of course, I've just touched on them and City's the toughest one. We've got a derby game as well, I suppose, against Everton. But, you know, without trying to tempt faith, they haven't beat us in a derby game for 10 years, a decade, do you know what I mean? So... You, you can't imagine them beating this Liverpool team, can you? Um, other than that, you're looking at towards the end of the season. A lot will depend on when Liverpool actually do win the, the title because we're probably going to win it with five, maybe six games to spare, maybe seven. So you'd have to think, are Liverpool going to be, the mind's going to be on it? Because once, once the job's done, it's quite difficult to maintain them levels, isn't it? The concentration levels of you know, when you're going for something, trying to strive to achieve something, once you're actually winning and you get the holy grail, will the level of performance be as good in them last couple of games? Because what is there to play for? I suppose there is the invincible tag to play for, but, you know, you don't get an extra trophy, do you? you know, I suppose you do, you get a gold trophy, actually, don't you? But I just think that the ultimate goal was to yeah. win the Premier League. And that's you know the be all and end all for us, and anything else extra is a bonus if we become centurions and get over a hundred points. If we are invincible, then fine. But you know we're going to win the Premier League title, and that's all that truly matters. And whether it's a gold trophy or whether it means we're centurions and we've got over a hundred points, personally, I couldn't care less. It's all about winning this Premier League title, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So. It, it is a difficult question to answer because, you know, who knows? I'm not Nostradamus and there is 14 games to spare, but this is a special Liverpool team and we're just so efficient. It's We're like a well-oiled machine and, you know, you can't really see anyone beating us, can you? I mean, you're looking, I'm saying there, Man City's the tough one, which it is obviously on paper because they're a very good side and they're the second-best team in the league, but they've just lost two games at home in the last couple of months to the poorest Manchester United team for 30 years. So if Man United are going there not once but twice and beating them at the Etihad, then why can't Liverpool do it? So, you know, I, I think it's very possible, but 
you know, like I say, I, I couldn't really care less, to be honest with you, Peter. It's all about making sure we win this Premier League title and it's looking like we're going to. Yeah, most definitely. That's that's without doubt the most important thing, isn't it? As long as we're, we're lifting that Premier League title at the end of the season, that's all that, that's all that counts and all that any Liverpool fan uh, is genuinely concerned about. So, looking forward to the game on Saturday, Jay. We've got Southampton, haven't we? So, what sort of uh, threat do you think they're going to pose? Is obviously um, they've recovered well, haven't they, from that nine 0 defeat they had um, from I think it was Leicester just before Christmas at time. I think it was, and Danny Ings seems to have hit a little bit of form, doesn't he? And um, Ward Prowse always poses a little bit of a danger from set pieces, doesn't he? But just give us your thoughts on this Southampton side that's coming to uh, Anfield at the weekend, please, Jay. Well, last season when Hasenhutl took over, I thought, you know what, he, he was labelled the Austrian Klopp, wasn't he? And I did think, you know, this fella's got something because they did look quite good at times and they were a little bit like a throwback to when Klopp first took over at Liverpool when we'd win games 3-2 and 4-3 and 5-4. I think I remember a game away at Carroll Road against Norwich. And it was a little bit of a throwback to, to them days, really. That's what he seemed to me. I thought, you know, I was expecting them to to have a good season this this campaign really. But they started the season off really poorly, and you know, accumulated with an absolute hiding at home to Leicester. And we all know how good to start the season Leicester had. They were brilliant under Rodgers, weren't they, for a good few months? And but to lose a home game nine 0 I just don't know how he kept his job after that because that's just like unbelievable humiliation isn't it on your own patch well to lose 9-0 anyway is embarrassing but to, on your on your own patch is just like how do you recover from that so I thought I thought he'd get sacked to be honest but he stood firm and persevered with him and kept him in the job and quite rightly so because as I say going back to last season he looked quite a good manager and maybe lost his way a little bit this season but they've certainly picked up form since that result and you know, it's paid off really the faith that they've shown in him because I do think he is quite a good manager to tell you the truth. And you know, they have got some decent players there, and that's so it's proved like the last couple of months they've marched back up that table because they were in the relegation zone. They looked like they were, for all intents and purposes that they were gonna go down this season for me anyway. And then bang, all of a sudden they've had a good two or three month spell and Danny Ings it's coincided with him scoring a half full of goals. And he, he was close. He's close to being the top scorer in the Premier League this season, isn't he? And he's been on an amazing run, really. And we know all about Danny Ings. We knew when he was, he came to Liverpool, he, he was a very good player. He was just blighted with injury after injury, and it, you know it just wasn't wasn't really working for him. And he was he was being wasted really on our bench. But he wasn't quite good enough to really start for Liverpool week in week out. And you know Klopp really liked him, but it was just. He had to move on for the his own sanity and for his own, the sake of his own career, really, to get game time. And if you look back to last season, he was in and out the side there, really, and he, he scored a few goals, but he, he was injured quite a bit there as well. And you were thinking maybe them injuries have just ruined him and finished him, and his career's over. Really, he's always going to be a bit part player. But this season, he's just come on leaps and bounds again, and. He seems to have, like, you know, fitness issues haven't been that much of a concern and he's played consistent games and he's scored goals for fun and he's a very dangerous player. He's he's a live wire and he's a good player as well. He's got a very good attitude, great work ethic as well and, you know, he is going to be a threat. There's no doubt about that on Saturday when we played them but, 
you know, it's one of them, isn't it? They've got creative. I mean, War Prowse is good from set pieces, isn't he? And they've got that Holberg, the, he's the skipper, isn't he? The, 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 he came from the Bundesliga. I don't know whether he is German. I think he is. He, he's a decent player as well, isn't he? He likes to put his foot in and stuff. And, you know, they aren't a bad side. I mean, they've got Redmond as well, who, who's a bit of a live wire at times. And, you know, of course, they've got, I think, Cedric, the fullback's injured, isn't he, at the moment? You know, they're not a bad team and, and as I say they've matched up the table quite well and they've been honest in games they've got a decent record away from home and in fact I think when they lost 9-0 to Leicester they redeemed themselves didn't they because if I'm right in saying they, they actually they went the king power and beat Leicester 2-1 didn't they recently so you know they've, they've righted that wrong really shall we say so you know, they're obviously going to be a threat there's no doubt about that and you know, I do fully respect them, but as I said to you before, Liverpool are just like a well-oiled machine and, you know, they're coming to Anfield and you're always going to back Liverpool to get three points. Yeah, and uh, fair play to Southampton as well for not uh, pulling the trigger. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. On the manager, just after that 9-0 victory, which it would have been easy to do so, wouldn't it? And they kept the faith with them and now the the source of getting the the rewards for for backing the manager and and sticking with him at a time when it would have been easy to um, just let him go and and look for for other people available. So um, yeah, looking forward to this um, this game then, Jay, from the Liverpool point of view. What do you expect the the lineup to be? Obviously, Cater, Fabinho are now pushing for the for us for the starting place, aren't they? Do you see Klopp choosing to rest some of the some of the midfield players with them? Um, with the, the games ahead in mind? Well, don't forget, after this game, we've got a, a mid-season break, haven't we, for two weeks. We don't play again until the 15th of February, away to Norwich. So, I know we've got the FA Cup replay, but we've already spoken about that. We know it's going to be the under-23s, it's going to be Neil Critchley managing that team, so none of the, the main players are going to feature. Um, so, he could go strong, there's no doubt about it, there's no need to rest any players now for this game because, you know, it's the last game for, for more 14 days, so there's no excuses there really, but you're quite right in what you're saying, the likes of Fabinho and Naby Keita are pushing for starts and I was a little bit critical of Oxlade-Chamberlain on the last podcast, basically saying he, he hasn't showed up in the games against Tottenham, against Man United, against Wolves. And I thought he was a little bit ineffective in the first half against West Ham as well, but then he went and scored his goal. So, you know, that was two fingers up to me, which I don't mind. I'll hold my hands up. But the thing is, it's like, what do you do now going into this game in Southampton? Because... We did think that Iggy would start, which was the case. It did prove to be the case. He did he did start in the in the front three, but I always think Iggy when he starts games, you can count on one hand the good performances he's had, and they were Everton in the derby this season when we won five two, and Barcelona in the Champions League last season when we won four 0 Other than that, he normally struggles when he starts. He, he's definitely better as an impact player off the bench and. I personally wouldn't start him at the weekend. I just think maybe we need to mix it up a little bit and try someone else. But the problem you've got is who do you play there? Because 
I, I, I'm I never really a fan of Oxley chamberlain playing in the front three. And if you remember back to when Cater first came, he, he was tried, wasn't he, in the front three a few times on the left-hand side. And, and again, you know, they're both more suited to playing in midfield. So it is going to be interesting. The team selection is going to be a, a tricky one. And with Oxley chamberlain actually scoring the size of goal, if you like, against West Ham, the second goal anyway, that totally killed the game you would be thinking that he should really keep keep with him and stick with him and start him again. So that may well be the case. But, you know, I think Oregon's place could be up for grabs because don't forget, he did go off with a little bit of an injury as well. And no one really knows how, how bad it is, whether he's OK for this game or not. So maybe you will see Naby Keita starting, but maybe there'll be a system change and we'll go 4-2-3-1. I'm not so sure. But, you know, again, it's going to be the same back four, isn't it? I mean, Joe Gomez has been absolutely outstanding. I mean, everyone raves about Virgil van Dijk, and quite rightly so, but Joe Gomez has been sensational as well. I think I've seen a stat there. His last 35 starts in the Premier League, Liverpool have conceded eight goals. Now, that's just phenomenal, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's incredible, really. So, you know, the back four is going to be the same. Obviously, the goalkeeper, Allison. And then it is the, the the dilemma whether it's going to be a system change or whether or not you know the personnel in terms of will Naby Keita get a start over over the region and, and there is a system change. I mean personally, I I think Naby Keita is such an infuriating, frustrating player because we all know he's got tons of ability. There was there was times last season where I think he got a run of about seven eight games on the spin. And he was brilliant, and then he lost. He lost his place because he got injured, didn't he? In the new camp, and then this season as well, showing signs of of looking very good. Scored in a couple of games, then bang, all of a sudden gets injured in the warm up. So you know he's infuriating because we all know the talent that's in there, but he just seems brittle, doesn't he? He seems very, very injury prone, and you know he's back training now. He came off the bench the other the other day against West Ham, so. Hopefully he's ready to start this game, and, and I would like to see Naby start. But you know, like I say, it's as ever as we always say every 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 podcast that we do, it's always a selection dilemma for Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, spot on. Cheers, Jay. It'll be uh, interesting once again to see which which starting eleven Jurgen puts out. So staying with the Southampton game just before we go, give us your thoughts on a score prediction and your reasons for them, please. Well, yeah, I'm on a hat-trick, aren't I? So, like I say, at this moment in yep, time, Liverpool, well, you know, I mean, I, as I've said previous times, I mean, you know, when you got like when you look at Liverpool's actual, the form is fantastic, incredible form, just win after win after win. I think it's half, we're on 15 wins on the spin now in the Premier League. And when you look at them 15 games, though, I think we've only really given Aydens out maybe three times, four times. A lot of them have been narrow wins, haven't they? Like 1-0 or 2-1 or you know, obviously 2-0 the other night. And I look at it and I think to myself, you know what? It, it's easy for it to as a city and say, yeah, we'll give these a hard. But as I said on the previous podcast, I think Sadio Mane is a massive loss because of his pace. To me, what I think anyway, I think he's the quickest player that Liverpool have got, certainly in an attacking sense anyway. I know Joe Gomez and Van Dijk are quite quick defensively, but Mane is explosive. And I think we miss his presence on the pitch because he stretches defences and... I mean, I know we were good on the counter-attack against West Ham. Of course we were, but Sadio Mane, for me, is the one that unsettles defences the most because of his pace. And obviously he's a goal scorer as well. And I just think, 
at times you, you can struggle to break teams down when you're lacking one of the front three. I, I'm obviously Mane's going to miss this game as well as he did the West Ham game. So I think it, at times we may well have to be patient. Um, you know, an early goal would be great, but if not, you know, like the West Ham game shows, you know, just got to be patient and opportunities will come and eventually, you know, we'll start, you know, getting really good opportunities and, and it's all about being clinical and taking them. Um, but I do think without Mane, and obviously it might be a little bit of a system change, it, it could be a, a close game because Southampton are no mugs, as they've proved the last couple of months. They've been on a decent run, to be fair. They went to Leicester and won. And I know Liverpool went there and won 4-0, but for a team like Southampton to go there and win 2-1 and deserve their victory, by the way, because Danny Ings scored, but he could have had a hat-trick on the, on the day. I remember seeing the highlights of the game and he missed a couple of opportunities, really, and a couple of good saves from Schmeichel. So, you know, they are a very dangerous team and they're probably better suited away from home as well, to tell you the truth. So, I do think it'll be a tough game. Um, but, like I say, Liverpool are on this incredible run and we're going into every game with the belief that we're going to beat any team that's put in front of us. And regardless of Manny being out, I just think Liverpool will end up, you know, knocking on the door so many times and eventually we'll end up breaking through and I just think we'll win the game. There's no doubt about that. But I do, th- I'll err on the side of caution though for this because as I say, I think Southampton are playing well and I just think they'll have a goal in them as well. I'm not sure whether Danny Ings will score but I just think they've got a goal in them. So I'll go for a 2-1 Liverpool win, another three points and then Liverpool will go 22 points clear of Manchester City. So you're going to go for the 2-1 victory, Jay? Right, okay. Um, my own thoughts on a scoreline. Um, yeah, again, like Jay said, difficult game. Coming to Anfield, Ings is going to be up for it, isn't he? He's, he's got a point to prove um, to, to Klopp and, uh, and Liverpool and wants to show us what he what he's capable of. Uh, I think there's one or two players being, being linked with moves out from Southampton as well. I think it was, you mentioned before, Cedric's been linked with Arsenal and I think Hoiberg's been linked with, with Tottenham. So they could, the potential for them to move in the, before the transfer window shuts tomorrow could upset them slightly. So um, I know they brought in Walker-Peters from, from Tottenham, but the manager said that he's not going to be available to play in this game. It's, uh, it's going to come too soon for him. So... With the bearing all them sort of things in mind, I think Liverpool, like Jay says, they're they're absolutely flying. Salah's in a really uh, good moment, isn't he? With his with his form, scoring that penalty and um, setting Chamberlain up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Salah's gonna get a couple of goals, and I think uh, Bobby's due one as well. So I'm gonna go with a three-one victory for Liverpool in this fixture. So just before we go. Like we always say, thanks to the LFC day trippers um, and Gav and the, the lads over there for putting our podcasts out, editing them and uh, releasing them on their platforms. Thanks again to the at Liverpool online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages for their support and putting the uh, podcasts out on their platforms. And also, as we say all the time, don't forget to keep up to date with the No More Knives campaign with uh, Paul Bentley and all the people involved with that, doing some uh, fantastic things in uh, the fight against the, the knife crime in the uh, in the local areas. So thanks very much, everybody, for listening. And um, that's our Liverpool versus Southampton podcast all done. And uh, thanks very much for your time again, Jay. Yeah, no worries, mate. It's, uh, you know, let's hope on Saturday that we can go 22 points clear and put massive pressure on Man City's game away to Spurs on the Sunday, I believe it is. I think it's our four kickoff. 
And to be honest, I, I still expect City to go there and beat them because Spurs are without Harry Kane and they're not really the team they were last season. I mean, Mourinho's gone in there and he hasn't really pulled up any trees. I still think City will get the job done, but it just puts that extra pressure on them, doesn't it, if we go 22 points clear and let's see what happens. But let's let's get our job done on Saturday first and I'm sure we will do. Spot on. Excellent, Jay. So that's our Liverpool-Southampton podcast all done. Don't forget, leave any feedback um, if you choose to, to myself or Jay or the cop table page, whichever way, and we'll get back to the uh, to the people who want to get involved um, interacting with myself or, or Jay. So thanks very much, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.